The biggest realization that she's had in the last like four weeks since she's now started this new job, and I'm gonna read it to you guys because I loved what she said, so I wrote it down. She said to me, I used to look at eating and working out as just something that I had to do, that I was in quotes required to do, right? To be healthy as a part of life. But now I can recognize it as a place for control, as a place for it being my normal part of the day, meaning her routine, the thing that keeps her grounded. And she was like, in moments of turbulence, focusing on my nutrition, knowing that I'm gonna hit my macros, knowing that I'm gonna go to the gym, whether it's three days, four, or maybe only two, if things get a little out of whack, I know that I have those pillars in place and I know that I have those non-negotiables in place for myself to be able to say, there's a lot of stuff that I can't control, but I can control how I feel physically to a degree. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. Hello, hello, Fix listeners. Welcome back to our latest episode of The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and we've got a fun episode for all of you today. If you've been around for our last maybe like four or five episodes, if not even a few months back, I have been sprinkling in a new format, if you will, for the podcast that actually gives you an inside look into our one-on-one coaching program through our group calls. So if you're new here and you're not familiar with The Fitness Fix, One of the really cool features of what we provide for our clients is customized one-on-one nutrition coaching where you get direct access to your coach on a daily basis. But we also bring our women together to host a weekly Zoom call. Tuesday nights, we jump on and sometimes it's more of a presentation by me. Sometimes we invite guests in and we basically just use it as a container to really facilitate and discuss common challenges or successes or things that work really well for some of our clients, things that might be helpful if you're newer to our community and sort of just getting started and taking it all in, having the chance to be able to hear from our more seasoned clients and those who have really adopted this way of life and have changed their mental state as well as their physique is just such a fun aspect of what we do with this program. And every single week after I record one of these calls with our group, I'm just fired up. Love that we do it on Tuesday nights because it just sets the pace for me for such an awesome rest of my week. And if I'm ever having a bad day, this 45 minutes to an hour that I spend with our fitness fix women completely turns around for me. So I'm so grateful. I love all of them. And this is an episode that I definitely felt pretty passionate about the topic. So I wanted to make sure I shared it as a podcast episode and to set the stage for everybody listening to this on the fix podcast. This was an episode where, or conversation, I should say, where I had been inspired by a chat that I had with one of our amazing clients who's newer to our program and recently had some life transitions. You'll hear me kind of set it up and describe it. And she just has really grown in recognizing how her fitness, her nutrition, controlling two things, what she puts into her mouth and her decision to move her body, whether it's lifting weights or even something as simple as a quick walk 
are the two areas that she can control and have total control over when other areas of her life may seem chaotic. So it's a conversation around empowerment, ownership of your decisions, which is huge inside of this program because it's important that you take responsibility for your health, that you recognize we as coaches, we as a community provide the tools, but you are the one that's going to fly. You are the one that's going to run with it. And if you can adopt that mindset, you'll be successful for forever. This will be your lifetime solution. It'll be the last time that you are chasing some other sort of solution. So this is a fun one where I just kind of talked about my own experiences and how my relationship to fitness and nutrition changed when I had a lot of life changes like moving, ending relationships, working on the business, uh, things we talked about on smaller scales, travel, the weekends, going out to eat a little bit more. Life is always happening. And that's really the message here. Life is always happening and you have a decision to not let that be a consistent excuse that you're always having a roadblock to getting to where you want to go because life's happening either way. So if you're looking for a conversation that will really inspire you to take action, and if you listen to this and you're like, damn, I like these girls because biasly, I would say who wouldn't, but you want to be a part of it. You want to jump in on it, fill out our one-on-one coaching application. We're still taking on clients through the rest of this year. We may tighten up that roster in the next few weeks. So before these spots are gone, do not wait. Do not wait until January 1st. Don't be that person. You have all the reason in the world to get started now, to have the support going into the holiday season, knowing that it may be a challenge, but if you have a coach in your corner, you will have the tools to be able to successfully navigate it that by this time next year, you're going to be a pro. So fill it out. Go to the link in the show notes. If you have questions, you want to chat with me before you take that next step, there is zero pressure when you get onto one of our consult calls. It's just more to learn about you, your goals, and help you map out a game plan and see if we're even a fit together. By all means, shoot me a DM at the Krista Huber. But on that note, I'm going to stop talking because you're going to listen to me in the rest of this podcast, and I will let you guys into the show. Whether you've been here for a day, two months, six months, or even more than a year, it's just a good reminder to remember that life is always going to happen to you, but you do, as much as I was joking two minutes ago, you do have the opportunity to take ownership of how you show up in these situations. And there is that balance of zooming out and looking back over an eight week period, a 10, a 12, and saying to yourself, you know what? Like I'm good with the decision I made because one, I recognize the scale might go up on Tuesday or whatever day. And you acknowledge why that happened. You are learning and educating inside of this program to understand what's causing those fluctuations so that it allows you to not feel some type of way. Right. But also You're acknowledging that like there's these different things and like tactics you can kind of put in place to make this a little bit easier for you because there's going to be another wedding. There's going to be another event. There's going to be another trip. There's going to be another busy week at work. And that actually is like the perfect segue. I didn't know Amanda was going to share that, but this really was a perfect Uh (laughs) segue into what I wanted to talk about tonight because, and I will shout her out. She's not on the call. Cause I think she's at work. Um, but Aaron and I, Aaron's a nurse for those of you guys who don't know, cause I don't think she's been on the last few calls, but Aaron Kneff is newer to our program. And she and I had an awesome benchmark call yesterday. And I actually took some notes while she was talking because Aaron recently started a new nursing position. And just to give you guys a little background, With nursing schedules, sometimes you're working like a 12-hour shift a few days a week. In her case, she transitioned from that type of work where it was like what they call 312s 
over to um, a slightly different schedule because she's now working in the operating room. So you could almost call it like more of a traditional nine to five, if that makes sense. And in between her making those job transitions, she was off from work for like a month. Coincidentally, that was the month that she started with the fitness fix. So you guys tell me if somebody is starting on their nutrition journey and they're not working out of intention, like not that that's causing stress, but like, couldn't you guys probably agree that in the first four weeks of the program, she had a pretty easy time managing all of her tasks and maybe even lost some weight. What do we think? Yeah. Why not? Right? Like it makes sense. And I actually applaud her for choosing to do that because her realization to me yesterday was now that she has started this new job, she's so happy that she jumped into this program to create structure pre-chaos because now inside of the changes to her schedule, the new thing she's learning, she's in like a residency position. It's a different type of nursing. So she's got to be really focused at work. She's somewhat in the classroom setting and in the operating room. So there's just a lot happening. And I've also really pushed her to start thinking about her programming and her training in a different way. So we've had a lot of back and forth about getting out of her group fitness environment and into the weight room and navigating, taking that step on her own, which I know a lot of you can relate to. And some of you guys have been nervous to do that or have made the transition. But again, even that in itself is a transition. And she said to me, the biggest realization that she's had in the last like four weeks since she's now started this new job, and I'm going to read it to you guys because I loved what she said. So I wrote it down. She said to me, I used to look at eating and working out as just something that I had to do, that I was in quotes required to do, right? To be healthy as a part of life. But now I can recognize it as a place for control, as a place for it being my normal part of the day, meaning her routine, the thing that keeps her grounded. And she was like, in moments of turbulence, focusing on my nutrition, knowing that I'm going to hit my macros, knowing that I'm going to go to the gym, whether it's three days, four, or maybe only two, if things get a little out of whack, I know that I have those pillars in place. And I know that I have those non-negotiables in place for myself to be able to say, there's a lot of stuff that I can't control, but I can control how I feel physically to a degree. And can we, can we all relate to that? Like, just to make this a little more interactive. Can any of you guys tell me about other times? I could give you like five, but can anybody tell me about other times in your life? Maybe it was a job transition or something else where maybe you felt like your nutrition and fitness fell really to the wayside because you were overwhelmed by just life happening. What are some other big events that that could kind of trip you up a little bit? COVID. Sure. That was what I was killed me. It it made me not want to go to the gym. uh, Even when it opened up, I was drinking a lot. uh, um, And it just kind of uh, threw me into a whirlwind. And it made me not want to go back to the gym once everything was over. Yeah, I get I totally get that. And that was a big one for me, too. And I as you guys know, from a couple of calls ago, when I started talking about just like my own history and my relationship to fitness and nutrition in the last three years in particular, for me during that time period, because gyms were closed and because there was a lot of uncertainty on top of the changes I made in my personal life, moving, breaking off relationships, just like massive life changes. I felt like my nutrition and fitness, quite frankly, was stupid. Like I was like, this doesn't matter. Like in the grand scheme of things with all the emotional turmoil that I was feeling internally, 
I kind of put myself in this position to say, does it really make a difference if I got a hundred grams of protein or should I just say F this and eat whatever I want? And I think that's a really, it's something you have to acknowledge that it's okay to feel like that. But I'm going to say this phrase again, there's this balance or fine line of putting yourself in a place where you're not eventually using that as an excuse. So to what Amanda just mentioned is perfect. Amanda mentioned that she ultimately got really excited to get back into the gym. And I think that's such a great perspective because I'm not going to lie to you. I dreaded going back to the gym, but this is where I take responsibility. I dreaded going back to the gym because it was straight up my own fault. Like I didn't want to go back because I didn't want to feel like a beginner again. And I didn't want to have that feeling of like, oh my gosh. And I shared this with you guys a few weeks ago. The thing for me that made me realize how far I had let my uh, health just go in general compared to where I was before I got to a point where I used to like crush pushups and then I could barely do like five on my toes. And I felt so defeated, but I also was beating myself up because I was like, how did I let this happen? Right. Taking the ownership, but also not doing it in a way that's making you like hate yourself into the body that you want. That's where this is really delicate. And that's where we have to find this sweet spot And one thing I pointed out to Aaron that I really want to drive home to everybody tonight on this call and also hear what you guys think about this is one of the reasons why we do not jump into calorie deficits until we discuss your schedule is because it's already hard to lose body fat. We can agree with that, right? Like this process is not easy. If it was easy, if it was effortless, I don't know if you guys saw my post about this earlier this week, but I had seen another nutritionist post about You want effortless and you want the process to be effortless. Guess what? This is not effortless. There would be no coaching business if it was. This wouldn't be a billion dollar industry collectively if it were effortless. This stuff is hard. That's why we have communities like this. That's why I have dedicated a passion of mine to coming up with a way to not not make it effortless, but make it easier. And there's a really important distinction between effort and ease. And I think this is a good thing to get everyone in this group's perspective on because we have some of you who are really seasoned and have been through the program to have seen multiple deficits or multiple phases of reverse dieting. And you might be able to say, hey, like round two of my deficit, I know Sam could relate to this, or Claire could probably relate to this as well. The second time around, it's not as bad. And here's the secret as to why. Whether you're in a deficit or not, if you're reversing, if we're increasing your calories, for those of you guys who are newer to this group, I'm throwing these words around, but essentially all I'm trying to say is we have different phases that we go through. And in the bulk of this program, you're spending a lot of time learning how to eat more food so that the other side of eating the less food, the deficit phase gets a little bit easier. I didn't say effortless, but it gets a little bit easier. But the secret to it is this. And this is what I said to Aaron, and we wrote it down because I thought it was really important to keep perspective. The behaviors that you are exhibiting today are 100% required for you to maintain the goal that you want. And I'm going to say it again because I think it's important. The behaviors you're exhibiting today, the choices you're making on a daily basis, even the choice of you hopping on the Zoom tonight is $1 in the investment to the future you right? Because you could have done other things tonight. You didn't have to listen to this call. You could have watched the replay. You didn't have to come live or Sam sitting there. And I was saying, Oh, Sam's in her fridge. 
she was she probably worked out and then she was hungry and she was like, I could wait. But if she waits 30 more minutes, what's going to happen? We're going to get hangry and then we're probably going to be less inclined to make good choices. That situation is such a good example of where we're like tug of war with this ease and effort versus just making the choice and not thinking about it. Right. Because it would be easy to maybe be like, oh, I'm going to be like focus on the call for the next 30 minutes. So let me just put off my dinner. But the consequence is actually really hard because the consequence is potentially you being in a situation where you're like, oh, I have some ice cream in the fridge. So like, I'm going to go in there, open the pint and like take two bites of it. And then I'll make my dinner. Like I've done that a million times. And realistically, I should track the bites, the licks and the tastes if I'm going to do that. But what I want everybody to remember as well, for those of you who aren't in the like the focus of being in a deficit and in that focus phase and maybe being a little bit more intentional about how you're putting your meals together, how much you're pre-planning, you know, questioning, should I go out to eat tonight? Should I have this drink? We know that we're trying to find the gray area where you enjoy your life because that's the purpose of all of this. How you get there is how you stay there. And I think sometimes a lot of you get caught up in this whole idea that when we don't jump into the deficit for various reasons, you think you're putting your goals off because you're like, oh, I'm not ready for that yet for whatever reason, because Krista said X, Y, Z, because Krista mentioned I might have a lot of stress. I'm traveling. I'm estimating more meals. I'm drinking a little bit more, whatever. Those are valid. But that's not to be confused with putting off your goals. In fact, you are actually practicing for the person you want to become, even if you're delaying the physical results. And don't you guys think that's the hard part? Like sometimes when you're in that phase where you're eating more food and I'm kind of saying to you, hey, like, let's intentionally eat more food at this point. I think we can all agree it's that delayed gratification that's tough because maybe you don't see the scale immediately drop five pounds. And that kind of stinks. Like that's where this is a mental game and also why I don't think it's effortless. And I think it's actually very hard. So what happens is you associate the lack of results. And I'm putting that in quotes because you're not missing out on results. You associate that with like, you're putting it off, you're delaying something. You're not delaying anything. You're actually getting really good at the person you have to be, the behaviors that you have to exhibit to maintain the outcome that you came into this program looking for. But that gets tested every time you get busy, you get stressed, you change jobs, you move. We have a couple of people who are not on the call tonight. There's a few of you guys. I know, like I even talked to a lot of potential clients about this on Instagram People are trying to buy houses and the market's crazy. So they're like living with somebody else and like they're they're sharing a kitchen and they're very much in that like flux. How easy is it in that situation to be like, oh, I don't need to track my food? So easy, right? It's so easy to say stuff like that. Just like Amanda said before, Amanda could have easily not prioritized her breakfast she, when she was away at this wedding. She could have just been like, oh, whatever, like I'm going to not eat so that I can save my calories for the wine. I, I'm sure you guys have done that at some point. Like if you've never done that, you probably wouldn't feel like you needed this program in this perspective. So I want to hear everybody's reaction to that statement. How do you feel about this idea of, Hey, it's a little bit uncomfortable when I'm in these life transitions, but I want to know what you feel like it's, 
it's going to need to happen for you? Like, what does our coaching staff need to say to you? What do you need to practice? What do you need to tell yourself in order to have the realization that Aaron did? Like, what do you need to say to yourself to be able to recognize that the work you're doing today is very much impacting where you're ultimately going to go, even if you don't get those results right this second? And I'd love to hear from some of you have been here for a while because I think you guys have like been through all the phases and you probably can share a little bit more on that. Sam, you can go if you want. You look like you want to say something. I was seeing if Claire was going to you first. (laughs) I think we both are looking at each other. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it, Claire. Um, I was just thinking, um, I lost my thought, actually. Hold on. We can go back to you. It's okay. Oh, no, I remember. Go um, for it. But I think I'm in, I'm in a maintenance phase. Well, maintenance, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reverse, I guess, yeah. right now. Yeah. And I'd say arguably it's 100% a lot harder. Like you Tell said, I'm why. a person that I'm like, why why can't I be in a deficit right now? I want to. But then I, at the same time, I play with my head too because I'm like, it's the fall. It's not the summer. I'm going to eat food at Thanksgiving. So I, I play that game with myself, but also... I think it's arguably more important than a deficit. Tell me why. Expand on that because that's really what I'm trying to get to as well. Because your body needs to get used to, it needs to find like the homeostasis and the higher that you get it, the the higher your calories are going to be. It's like your tolerance, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And why is that more important? Let's go back to the word easy and effortless. If someone's going to sit here and be like, this stuff is effortless, I think everyone can be like, hell yeah, when I make this statement, if you can lose weight on more calories, who's not going to sign up for that? Right? I think the fear is that it takes so much longer. I think that's where a lot of people get like scared. The delayed gratification, right? Yeah. And the fear of thinking that you're doing something wrong when you can jump on Instagram, TikTok, wherever, and how many people are being like, oh, this person lost 20 pounds in how many days? Yeah, for sure. I think it's funny too. I'm in like the opposite of Claire. Like I'm in like the calorie deficit right now. And I'm like, I can't fucking wait to be done with it. Like I'm starving. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so hungry. But like, it's true. Like I was so like excited for it. So ready for it. And then once I'm in it, like it's a lot. It's like very demanding on your body. And even in the beginning of it, I was like, nothing's working. Like I'm not losing any weight. This sucks. Like a week two weeks in, like, I wasn't seeing that instant gratification of like the scale dropping. Like it took time for like my body to like adjust and, you know, start making that progress that we were hoping for. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a little bit easier mentally this time, like than it was the first time. Like I'm so much more dialed in this time than I was last time, because I know I want to get in and get out. Like I want to get back to that maintenance phase. I want to get back to being able to enjoy like spontaneous dinners out and things like that. Um, but just having that mindset of it's only for a short period of time and it's like, I'm sacrificing now to get to that end result later that I want. Mm -hmm. And the last piece of what Sam mentioned, I think is an important distinction because as a coach and working with all of you who you don't all have the same goals, but we do use a lot of the same tools. The structure isn't always exactly the same because I can manipulate some of those tools for you and how they make sense for your personality, your food preferences, where you're trying to go, the timeline with which you're going to get there. And that's what I want to emphasize with Sam's example is 
I actually look to you guys when we get to the point of transitioning to a deficit. And some people might hear that, especially if someone's listening to this and it doesn't understand what it's like to work with a coach and doesn't understand why I think it's so important for the client to feel empowered and in the driver's seat. But here's the thing. Sam could potentially propose to me, Hey, I have done this once already. She knows roughly speaking, like she went through a reverse. She went through the fuel phase. She then went through the focus phase. We reduced her calories. So I actually want her to come to me and be like, well, I did this last time. So here's where my calories were. I'm thinking I could start here, but then she's going to ask me the question. And the question is going to be, do you think that works given that I'm only working with eight weeks right now. Whereas the last time we did this, it was for 12 or 16. And that timeline is an example of what I mean about manipulating the approach and the tools, because some of you guys may take your deficit in a different direction, or maybe you're coming in here and you're like, I'm not here just for a deficit. Maybe you want to heal your relationship with food. And I think a lot of you have gotten the healing as a byproduct of having more structure, using macros, understanding that the food rules that you put in place from past diets get abolished when we have a better understanding of protein, carbs, and fat. But you also can learn that there's a time and place for how we can change these tools around. And I think the biggest piece of this is a lot of times with this life transition theme that we've been going off of, it's more about this idea of like saying to yourself, okay, Knowing that there's a life transition happening, can I trust Krista and the rest of the coaching staff to be able to guide me in the direction of this isn't the best time to be in a calorie deficit? Why? Because of what Sam just mentioned, it's hard and it's okay that it's hard. It's supposed to be a little bit of a sacrifice for some short period of time. But then let's go back to what Claire said. It's on purpose that we spend more time on the front end, increasing our calories, getting your body to a place, getting your metabolism to a place where it truly is looking for more food. Because the benefit to that is we don't need to go down this rabbit hole of like, let's eat as few carbs as possible. Let's only eat fat. Let's have tons of protein. Yes, you need each of those things, but the more patience you can execute on the front end, meaning in that reverse phase, in the fuel phase of the fitness fix, the benefit is going to be that your fat loss phase will be a little bit more manageable not even because of your calories, but underscoring what I said from the beginning of this, because your behavior is exactly the same. And I feel that the best way we can highlight this is through a few conversations I've actually had in the last two days. So there are a few people who are currently, you know, in a deficit in that focus phase of the program. And I've adjusted their macros. And there was like three or four people who I've just done it with like in the last three weeks or so. So it's still kind of new. And something for those of you who haven't gotten to this point yet, something I always do when I kick off the calorie deficit phase, let's throw some numbers on this to make it super clear. So let's say you were consuming something like 200 to 250 grams of carbs, and we're going to kick off your deficit. We're going into the focus phase. So you take that number down to about 180 or even like 160, if we're going to like go for it right out of the gate. If you were at 200 and you're going down to 160, that perspective, there's two perspectives. Perception of that, 200 to 160, oh my gosh, I made this big drop. That's one perspective. Or what's the other? 
I only cut 40 grams of carbs. And then let's talk about that in terms of food. So you guys give me examples. If I said to you tomorrow, you have to cut 45, 40 to 45 grams of carbs. What are you cutting? Give me like, tell me in terms of the actual food choices. A banana. Is that really much? No, no. So that's where you really want to focus your mindset to say to yourself, these are just numbers and we have control to change them, but we're intentional with why we're changing them when we are changing them really. And that's the life transition thing. Again, it's like the reason why I ask all of you, Hey, Thanksgiving's coming. What does your week look like for the next week? What does your week look like for the week after that? When we get on benchmark calls, I always ask every one of you guys, what do the next four weeks look like for you? If we're even considering making transitions from one phase of the program to the next, I always want to have a clear idea. Are you traveling? Laura just brought that up in the group chat and she mentioned like that's a transition for her. It totally is. Laura has been on two trips. Laura, I hope you don't mind that I'm using you as an example. Laura has been on two trips in like the last like two and a half ish weeks. And one of them, unfortunately, she wasn't feeling great. I don't know if you got food poisoning or what, but she had no appetite by the time she got home from the first trip. And then the next weekend she was going away, like right away. And Laura sent me a message and she was like, I'm super bummed. Like, I really don't feel well. I'm trying super hard to hit my protein. First and foremost, really proud of you for acknowledging that if you were going to do one thing, it was focused on your protein because hell yeah, that's the most important thing you can do. But I think based on the conversation we had back and forth when we were messaging, Laura gave me the impression that she was almost like a little bit disappointed because she had come off like a full week almost of being away. And then she knew she only had a few days at home and then she was going away again. So she really wanted to maximize the few days she had at home. And because she couldn't, cause she just truthfully didn't feel well and was sick. It was kind of like, darn, I missed this little window of opportunity to do my absolute best, maybe control a few more variables than I could have when I was away on the first trip. And that was extra important to her because she was leaving again. And she knew in leaving again, she had to go have a little less, she had to have a little less structure. She had to have a little more freedom, but she just said it in the group chat. Now she's back on track. So the win for me and how I know that her mindset is shifting is on Sunday night, she messaged me to update me on how the trip went, the second one. And she said she was feeling better. And I was like, okay, cool. And she told me three things she was going to do to kick off this week, starting with grocery shopping, pre-planning some meals, eating breakfast at home because Laura's a big, let me go to the coffee shop and and start my day with a, a drink. And then that turns into maybe also grabbing breakfast. So a really small adjustment that she and I have been working on together for the past couple of months is just trying to say, hey, let's eat breakfast at home. Why? Because that's one thing we can have way more control over, right? And chances are, if you eat it at home, you're getting more protein. So I think that's a really good just kind of story of like some of the minutia that we get into, but it's the stuff that makes all of you convinced that you're going to fall off track. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't get to where I want to go. And that's not true because it's just a two week window in the span of 52 weeks in the year. And it's important that we zoom out and keep that perspective. However, it's also important to acknowledge 
that life is gonna keep happening anyways. Just like Erin said to me, she realized in having this moment of like a few weeks where she was really able to be extra focused on her nutrition and fitness, it gave her a level of appreciation for it because then when she started her new job and things got a little wacky, she was like, wow, I love my time on Sundays where I pre-plan my meals and I look at recipes she loves to cook. So that's something she takes a lot of time to do. Or, wow, I just was at the hospital from nine to four and my brain, like, you know, when you guys have a really busy day at work and there's a lot going on and you get to the end of the day and your brain just like wants to explode, right? She had like five days in a row of that after being in her own, like little, like relaxed routine for a month, it was an adjustment. So how did she look at the gym? Awesome. My time to decompress. And then recognizing that if I have a busy day, if I have a lot of stuff going on, if something happens in a relationship with one of your children and shit hits the fan for lack of a better way to say it, you can always control two things, what goes into your mouth and whether you move your body. If you can pay attention to those two things for the rest of your life, and then you come into a program like this one and you actually learn what should go into your mouth and what kind of exercise you should do, you're going to win. You are going to get the physique you want. You're going to hit the the goal weight on the scale. Your energy levels are going to improve. All the benefits that you guys get. You're going to learn how to manage stress, all of those things. You're going to sleep better. You're going to recover better. Your workouts are going to feel better. But it really ultimately just boils down to what your perspective is in these times of transitions and making sure you're not saying to yourself every single weekend, oh, like I'm just in the middle of like this transition, right? Because how long can that really go on for? It can't. That's where we get ourselves into trouble. And it's that balance again of finding the place where you can take ownership and do the things that you know ultimately are going to make you feel good. Another really good example of this is, um, you know, something like pregnancy, for example, like since we were mentioning Kara, like, and she's talked about this before on other calls, like in the first few months of being pregnant, you, Amanda, you could relate to this, right? Like, you know, might not have an appetite. Things might not be appealing. You might be getting sick and you might just be like, oh, I can't think about my nutrition. But once you get over that hump, the facts are, You should behave the same exact way that you did when you were not pregnant, because that's going to help you nourish your body. You're going to move. You want to eat your food when you feel like you do have the appetite for it. You still want to focus on good food quality, right? Like all of the behaviors are exactly the same. It's just recognizing there may be this initial adjustment period until you start to feel better. And that's okay, because that's going to happen. So that was kind of my two cents that I wanted to share with everybody for tonight. I know it was more of a talking at you kind of call, but I've had a really lot of different conversations that really centered on this because I think a lot of you guys, like I said, as we come into this time of year, there's travel happening. The holidays are going to be approaching too, but people are moving. People are getting new jobs. People are having transitions in relationships, all that kind of stuff. You insert whatever your chaos in your life may be right here. And we can all agree that the thing we have in common is it's very easy to let our nutrition and fitness kind of go by the wayside. But ultimately, if you can change your relationship to how you look at it and use it as like your sense of feeling grounded, that is when it's very powerful. And that's when you like get to the next level, the maturity that we can call it in your fitness journey, because you're showing up as a different person. Your identity is different. You are embodying the person that you want to be who's already achieved the goals that you laid out for yourself.
Any other thoughts from anyone on the call? We're good. I was just going to add that, like, yeah. even at the wedding, I mean, the, the choices that I made, um, like, were totally different than what I would have done before. I would have had, like, sure. 10 desserts instead of one little part, maybe two. Uh, <laughs> um, and you just don't uh, want to, like, feel growth. And sure. so I just, it wasn't, and I didn't want to be hungover. <laughs> Very valid. And I think that's something else that I probably could have weaved into this too, Amanda, is what you just mentioned about like measuring your success based on how you would have acted in the past. We don't put enough emphasis on that sometimes for ourselves. Like we have, we come into a program like this one and you set the standard where you're like, okay, well, I want to make these improvements. I want to lose body fat. I want to build muscle. I want to be lean and strong and all the great positive things. But then what happens you forget that you've come a really long way because you get fixated on the measurable outcomes versus the actions like you just described. Like there is a million percent something to be said for you acknowledging that you showed up differently than you would have at a wedding a year ago when you didn't have a lot of this information or perspective in your back pocket. Because again, that's the mentality we need to actually change who we are, right? Right. 